Welcome, welcome. It is Monday, the 14th of December. It is the first Monday after the second Wednesday of December. And that means every four years, the electors gather to say who the president's going to be. So uh, the electors gather up and then uh, the first week of January, I think it's the first Wednesday in January, something like that, or the first Monday in January. I don't remember the exact specific date. Uh, I think it's the first Wednesday. Anyway, uh, then the Senate will um, uh, verify the vote count, and uh, and it'll be uh, done. So, uh, But the electors are meeting today. They will say, yes, indeed, Joe Biden did win. The votes that we had back in November and, uh, and will be our next president. And we'll see what happens in terms of the uh, legalese and the battles in the court and the battles of public opinion that are going on. Um, President Trump has said that he will run in 2024, but he did leave himself an out to not run if he decides he doesn't want to run. So um, he will be older than Joe Biden is today in four years. And so, um, yeah, who knows where he will be, you know, physically and mentally in terms of his health and uh yeah, so let's hope that uh, let's hope that he is well, and uh, whether he runs or not, I don't wish ill on anybody. Let's hope that that uh, that he's well, and he just can decide what he wants to do based on what he wants to do. But uh, um, anyhow, at least for now, uh, it looks like Joe Biden will be our president, and uh, and let's just get past this. Just get past this. Everybody, just go. Okay, this is it. This is the next four years, you know, and and quit saying. You know, quit arguing the the point, the 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 fact. You know, it's like that's the worst thing that we've I think that we've seen we've done as a society over the last um, uh, four years is sort of this disagreement over what the actual facts are. You know, it's um, it's really really uh, frustrating when when two people are arguing not over over uh, you know the validity of an idea but over the validity of the data on which they may base their 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 thoughts you know um i mean one person is saying no it's it's true because of this and the other person saying no it's true because of that and this and that are not only in opposition they are they are uh mutually exclusive only one of them can actually be true and yet one side believes one thing vehemently and the other believes the other vehemently. And it just seems like, you know, um, you, you, you don't know how to even begin a conversation when the two sides can't agree on, you know, whether something is blue or whether something is red, whether something is green, whether something is yellow. They, there's just absolute disagreement on, on just the, the base understanding of what you're seeing happening in front of you sometimes. And it's frustrating. Mm, sip o beverage. There we go. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's a weird time. It's a weird time politically, and has been for the last uh, ever so often. And so we'll see what happens um, going forward. Um, right now, it looks as if the stock market is up a bit. The Dow Jones is up 249 points, NASDAQ up 139. I think that there's a presumption that the um, uh, yeah, Standard & Poor's is up 33.11. The, uh, there's a presumption that, that with the advent of the um, uh, 
Electoral College selecting Biden today that things will settle down politically, and that's always considered a positive thing uh, for for the stock market. They tend to like they tend to like that. Apparently, there's been some discoveries in the Bolivian cloud forest, revealing a bonanza of new species, all kinds of new uh, bugs and critters, and little small things, lots of frogs and snakes and plants. Uh, and there's just all kinds of stuff up in there. So um, the high-altitude Bolivian cloud forest has staked its claim to, uh, as global biodiversity hotspot. And uh, biologists announced today they discovered amazing 20 new species to science, including a poisonous viper, a super tiny frog, and four species, each of orchids and butterflies. Um, and a lot of people go, yeah, so... Uh, but it's very interesting because when you find these different species, each one has adapted to living in that particular space. And sometimes, you know, you'll find a, a frog that, that can't be infected by a, a certain disease or certain animals that, you know, because they're in a mountainous area, they can actually freeze and thaw back out and they can be alive and still be fine, which is something that you and I can't do right now, um, despite science fiction's uh, speaking to such. And... Uh, as a result, that is, you know, things that we can study and learn. And maybe we can get to the point where, you know, if somebody needs emergent health, we can freeze them, take them to where they can be helped and then unfreeze them, um, you know, and, and they can be okay. That, you know, we can't do that right now, but there's some benefit to that that we can see. And so, you know, it's a goal. It's something that scientists are looking at because there are animals that that can happen to, that they can they can freeze and unfreeze. So, um yeah, we'll we'll see how that all how that all uh, plays out, but it's very very interesting. Um, hey, get this! There's a 350 horsepower Volkswagen Beetle, and I'm talking about the original, like 1967 Beetle. Somebody put a Subaru Boxster engine in it and souped it up, and uh, holy moly! Yeah, uh, that would be a little scary, a little scary. Um, you know, I've been in a Volkswagen Beetle going 100 miles an hour, and it was bouncing around. It felt like one of the four tires touched the road at a time. It is not designed for going that fast. No, no, no. Not by any stretch. Um, you know, and I've been well over that speed in a Porsche that felt like it was cruising at, you know, 40 miles an hour. So, you know, cars are designed to do different things. Let me tell you, Beetles are not designed to go fast. They're designed to go comfortable and cheap around town. Um not that they can't go fast, but oof. So in Australia, a woman dies trying to take a photo at the edge of a 262-foot cliff. Let me tell you something that professional photographers always do. Look out for themselves first. You want to get that great picture, but you're not risking your life to do it. Don't lean out over the edge of a 262-foot drop. That's bad, bad, bad practice. Um, you know, and I'm sad to hear she's passed, but holy moly. Hola. Hi. How you doing? Ah, uh, okay. Bueno, bueno. <laughs> yeah. Doing all right. Actually started recording the show today, which is always a good thing. Hey, that is a really good thing. Yeah. So, uh, just kind of strolling through the news here to see what's going on in the world and if there's anything to talk about. And so much of it I just don't care about. <laughs> You know, I mean, there's like a whole section, you know, you go to any news website, it seems like, unless it's like specific to like sports or whatever. And, and it seems like 
there's a two topics. One is President Trump and something to do with politics that I'm just tired of, and something to do with COVID. And most of them now are like, hey, the vaccine's shipping. So we get lots of p- pictures of people like putting things in boxes or picking up boxes and moving boxes. And it's like, oh, that's exciting news. People moving boxes. Uh, I mean, I guess the the underlying thing, but, you know, the imagery is like, oh, gosh, you know, guys wearing yellow vests and picking up a box. That's exciting visual stuff. Of course, we're on the radio, so I guess I shouldn't care about the visual stuff, but, you know. No, and I, I and I realize as I'm sitting here, I am wearing a windbreaker because it was uh, rainy this morning. We got some rain in Redlands. Wasn't it? And, yeah, we did here, too. And, and so as... As as the windbreaker is rubbing up against, you know, like my arms rub against my body, it's making noise. <laughs> so I'm gonna I'm gonna take that off right now. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. The... You know. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. No, it was funny when I came out for my for my commute back to the shack out back. It's like you could smell it in the air. It's like, hey, it smells like rain. And then I kind of looked like and it's like, oh yeah, look at that. There's there's wet stuff over there. Now, we didn't get a lot of rain, unfortunately. I want lots yeah. more. Um, uh, yeah. Because we need it. But, uh, yeah, got some rain. Um, so I made tortilla soup, chicken tortilla soup for dinner last night. I mm-hmm. have... Um, good for a rainy a more, day. Good for a rainy day. Put a moratorium on my vegan eating until the end of the year, and I... And I are through the end of the year, and I'll make a decision in January whether I want to do it again. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, so I had chicken tortilla soup, and you know it's it's 47 degrees out. I'm thinking maybe I'm having chicken tortilla soup for breakfast. Yeah, <laughs> nothing wrong with that, you know. Um, I mean, uh, as we transitioned over, I had myself a banana and a and a little. Um, uh, what do they call a cutie? I always want to say Smarties, but Smarties are the little rolled candies. <laughs> I had a yeah, cutie, little little tan, tangerine. Little, yeah, mandarin oranges, aren't they? Are they yeah, oranges? I think that's. Yeah, they're. I don't know what they are. What variety they are? If they're oranges or tangerines or tangelos or you know, little round oh, orange no, citrusy not things. Tangelos. tangelos are so good. I like cuties yeah. too, but tangelos are amazing. Love <laughs> them. But so. they have the big. You know the little their stem. There's like a a ball at the end of the of the of the tangelo. So that's how they uh-huh. look different. Yeah. Well, the cuties they're in. You know, it's it's that time of season, so you can go pick up a sack of them for a couple bucks. And so I yep. I I think I'm on my second or third sack of the season. Um, I like uh, they're good for a you. Bit of, a little bit of fresh fruit in the in the winter months is not a bad thing. So I'm enjoying that. But. Uh, yeah, just chillaxing. So this weekend, I did something I haven't done in a while. Um, a few years back, I bought a um, uh, an Anova sous vide machine. Now, if you're not familiar with that, that's basically the idea of cooking very slow at a low temperature by submersing your whatever's being cooked in a in in a water bath, and so you. You seal it into a pouch, either a Ziploc or a silicone bag, or if you have one of those uh, uh, seal meal type things, and you then submerse it into a water bath and let it sit for a long period of time. So what I did is I bought some chicken breasts, and uh, I have one of those uh, uh, heat seal vacuum sealer bags, 
and I put a uh, chicken breast in a, I, I seasoned it, put a slice of lemon on top of it, and a couple garlic cloves and sealed it into the bag and then set it into the water bath and let it cook at 150 degrees for several hours because, you know, they always say heat your food to X temperature for, to kill the germs. Well, you can also kill the germs at a lower temperature over a longer period of time. So like if you heat it to 165 degrees, you'll kill the germs immediately. If you heat it to 150 degrees, it'll take nine minutes. I cooked it for over an hour. Um, but uh, at the end of that hour, it comes out and it's just like super tender meat and super juicy because it's cooked in its own juices. And then I put it into a really hot skillet that had some hot peppers and garlic and some olive oil in it and browned the outside of it. And then sliced it, and we had that with some herb potatoes and, and peas and corn. And, that sounds uh, delicious. And it was so good. So you had this, like, browned, crusty, browned, crusty outside, but this super moist, cooked-in-its-own-juices chicken meat. Um, you know, and once the, the bucket had cooled back down, I just dumped the water out. Yeah, it's interesting because the sous vide cooker basically looks like this thing that's about as about the diameter of, of a soda can. Imagine three soda cans stacked up on top of each other. And what you do is you fill a bucket or some kind of container, a, a stew pot or whatever, with water. And then you clamp this thing onto the side with part of it sticking down in the water. And it's got a little impeller that then circulates the water and a heating element. And it heats the water up to a specific temperature. And you can set the temperature on the by rolling a little dial on the top of it. And... Uh, and then you just drop whatever it is that you're going to cook in there. You seal it into some sort of a bag, whether it be a Ziploc or whatever. And, uh, and you try to get as much air out as possible so that whatever it is doesn't necessarily float to the top. And, uh, and let it go. And it's, a, it's an interesting way of cooking. It's called precision cooking because uh, you, you heat it to a specific temperature for a specific amount of time to get through. And you can look up the you know calculations. There's apps even that you can have that will tell you how long to cook something. Depend, excuse me, depending on what it is. And because you're, you, you, um, you put it in that water bath, the entire thing will be heated to that temperature, right? To whatever that temperature is you set, because it, it, brings, it brings the water up to that temperature. So once everything in the bath, including whatever you put in there, is at that temperature, then you start the timing. So it's not like, you know, when you cook on a grill, it's cooking from the outside of whatever it is you're cooking down to the center. So you have to, you're guessing that it's cooked all the way through, or you eat, and very often you can either undercook or overcook something. With sous vide, it doesn't even start, you don't even start the timing until everything is at the cooking temperature, and then you just maintain that cooking temperature over a period of time. So it's very interesting. Yeah, I've it done a couple different things that way. And this was so, a big success, really yummy. Speaking of cooking, okay, and other there yeah. is a series of videos called Masterclass. Have you heard of those? I have, yeah. So yeah, you can a take a masterclass on anything. Mm -hmm. What was that? I said you can take a masterclass on almost anything. You can. So they're yeah. having a two-for-one sale right now, and I signed up because I have been off and on doing creative writing for a while, and mm -hmm. um, uh, I'm not a, I wasn't an English major, and so you know, there's some things that that I did not learn that I want to learn now on creating, writing a book. Now, I don't know if anybody will ever read this book, and I actually started it years ago, and I stopped after my mother passed away because I just wasn't feeling it, and mm -hmm. I have started writing again and realized cool. that I was hitting a wall and that I wanted to take a master class, so I, I did that. 
and I'm doing that, and there's several authors on there, but you can also, like they, one of the master classes they have is, they have a Central, Central Texan uh, pit master, and I don't remember the guy's name, but uh, I was looking at his brisket, and oh my God. Um, and so if you wanted to become, if you wanted to learn from a pit master how to barbecue, uh, mm-hmm. you know, you can take his master class. And so for the, they're doing a two-for-one sale right now. And so um, uh, I got a membership from for Tobin and me, and uh, yeah, I'm super excited about it. Yeah, they do some amazing things there. And the cool thing about it is is that they get, you know, top people in every in in different areas different categories everything like you said from writing to barbecuing to to uh you know cake decorating to whatever and 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 they walk you through this is how you do this this is what you do here's the 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 tools that i use and what you need and uh you know here's the things that you need to be look out for as you're doing it and here's what i use to watch it and you know and uh you know and they they walk you through their approach and they've got amazing people at every level, I mean, they've got you know top uh, teachers um, from universities and some things. They've got you know professional writers. They've got you know actors that talk about you know getting in character. They've got musicians about song structure. You know, songwriters talking about song structure. I mean, they've got just just about anything that you would want to try to do. They've got somebody who's an expert at it who you know, has a video explaining it. And, it, and yeah, you can find a lot of that stuff on YouTube, but the thing is when you're going through YouTube, you never know whether the person's video who's putting it out really, really is an expert at what they're doing or if they're just a complete bozo. And, uh, you know, this way it's, it's, it's structured in a, in a way that is designed to give you, um, uh, the, the best information in a straightforward fashion from a pretty trustworthy source. Yeah. So it's, um, it's pretty cool. I'm I'm excited about it, and you know, reasonably priced, right? And and you're and the thing about being home, and when you and I we talk about, um, uh, you know, streaming, but you can't watch television all day on the weekends. I mean, you maybe one day you do because you're tired, and the next day you got to get up and do something. And this is something that you can do with your time that's really interesting. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Yeah, it's a wonder the world doesn't have, you know, that we're not covered with some of the most beautiful gardens possible, too, you know? Although there's a lot of us who go, and eh, gardening isn't really necessarily my thing. I have a black thumb, Todd. <laughs> I, I, I have I, my moments. <laughs> I have my moments. This year's been a tough year for plants around my house. We had a an infestation of little red spider mites that put little webs on things and a lot of plants died and so i've not had a positive experience trying to get my plants growing and uh and so anyhow i've uh i tried all kinds of i think we talked about it before i tried you know the whole bunch of different natural things i did a lot of research on what's the the safe way to get rid of these things and finally i I couldn't get rid of them i finally just went and bought some bug spray sprayed my whole lawn down I said, get rid of these awesome. stupid bugs, and it's got like, rid of them all. So they're, um, you know those tomato worms that will just eat your tomatoes, those big, nasty, green, caterpillar, yeah, the ones that look things. like thumbs crawling around on them, yeah. Yes, well, they do have a natural predator, um, but the natural predator itself is pretty awful. They're wasps. Oh, lovely. <laughs> so you could, if you want to have an organic garden, you put in wasps in your garden. You know, but who's going to do that? Yeah, not me. 
<laughs> yeah, wasps are predators, and they actually they they predate 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 they predatorize a variety of things they that we like on. to see them. Yeah, they there we go. On. They prey on. Not like mantises either. They they eat them. <laughs> or or sometimes they 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 uh, lay their eggs in them, and they get eaten from the inside out by the larvae, which yeah. is just gross and disgusting. But that's what they do. That that's nature. That's you nature. Know? But you know, you don't necessarily want. Um, uh, hang on, they're delivering my coffee. Yeah, and, I don't want uh, wasps in, in my backyard any more than no. I want big fat green tomato bugs. Exactly. Yeah. So it's not a positive solution for me. All right. Thank you very much. I just got my wonderful coffee from Panera. I'm, co- I'm recording a podcast. Thank you very much. Thank you. <laughs> Yay, Panera. Yay, Panera. Our heroes. Uh, I had my I had my coffee during the radio show, and then uh, I switch over to... Uh, some sort of carbonated beverage. I've got I've got a, a soda stream, so sometimes it's carbonated water, sometimes it's a can of some carbonated I beverage. Did, I did uh, exactly the opposite. I had a can of carbonated water and while we were doing the radio show and now that we're doing the podcast I'm getting my coffee and I'm a I'm a subscriber. Like a uh uh you you pay like nine bucks a month and you can get the regular brewed coffee um for it's free. It's yeah, it's a cup of qu- well, it's not free. It's just included in the subscription. <laughs> Let's be right. clear: you can't walk up and say, "I'm a member. Give me my free coffee." You gotta pay them, but you can, well, you can have a, you can come get your coffee when you're ready. Exactly. So, and I ordered it, and yeah. I'm sitting here, and I ordered it while I'm sitting here, and uh, 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 they brought it out to me, and so basically, I I got it for the a dollar because I tipped him. You know, there you go. It's a dollar because he's out in time of COVID working. Exactly. Yeah. Justine exactly. Bateman has signed a petition to recall California's Governor Newsom. I signed it too. So. Good for her. I think he needs to be recalled. I think that the the level of of lockdown in California is unnecessary. You know, mm-hmm. I, I think it's unnecessary. Yep. I think we're yep. adults. Yep. And um, as adults, we can make decisions about whether, you know, whether we keep our places open. And I love your idea of giving t- giving restaurants a rating, you know, and if everybody's outside, mm-hmm. it's fine. Yeah. Well, well, all You're public out. places treat yeah. them all the same. That's my thing, is treat them all the same. I'm tired of politicians getting to pick who gets to have a business and who gets to go under. Right, who died and made them God. Please. Right. Because you got elected to office? You've got to be kidding me. Yeah. They're just taking the wrong approach. They're taking the approach of, I'm in charge, I get to do what I, I, I get to tell you how to be safe, as opposed to taking the approach of, you know, let me show, let, let's make sure that everybody knows what all the risks are so you guys can make a decision as to what's safe. You know, exactly. and it's a, yeah, it's a matter of trust for uh, of, of the of the the, the people, and uh, you know it's funny because uh, very often um, you know liberal politicians have have and and the, in and a lot of people say you know well the 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 liberal ideas or the progressive ideas are ideas that um, you know tend to put people first and Republicans tend to put business first. 
And I think, I think it tends to be more a line of, uh, you know, an issue of where people think civil liberties lie. And, and I think that Republicans would frame that as no, we tend to put, you know, your right to choose what you want to do first. And, and Democrats want to take care of you the way they see right. fit. And, right. and, I've you got know, differing approaches. Yeah. Those are differing approaches. So, and, uh, and I, I, yes, the thing about it is in this, this insidious desire to make us all victims, to turn us all into victims. Well, victims need to be cared for, right? Somebody needs right. to care for you because you're a victim and, you know, you need help, right? So if I'm perpetually a victim as uh, because I'm a woman or because whatever, uh, then then I perpetually need somebody to take care of me. I am not yeah, a No, victim. you need somebody to pull you up by your big girl pants and say, pat you on the back and say, okay, you're good. Go back at it. That's what you exactly. need. Suck it up, buttercup. Get back yeah. in the ring. And, yeah. and quit, quit lowering the standard so much that everybody's successful so they don't hurt their fragile egos. Right. And then, well, but if everybody's successful, then, you know, successful. I want everybody to be successful, but I, I want that success to be meaningful. Not, yeah. You can't wave a magic wand and say, here, you're, 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 we'll take care of you, uh, little Miss Woman, because. You know, bad things have happened to you in your life, and you know you can't. Obviously, you're, you're you need help. Well, yeah, no, you're I need incapable. To get out of my way, so I can take care of myself. Thank you very much. Yeah. Well, and the question is, I, I don't think that you know anybody of any political leaning is going to say there aren't people who need help. The difference is, what kind of help are you going to get? You know, so you know there are you, those who say yeah. there are those who say you know well we'll feed you for the rest of your life, and there are those who will say well we'll give you a little bit of food and teach you how to feed yourself. And which which answer would you rather have if you were somebody right. who needed help? You know, I would rather yeah. have a little bit of food and teach me how to feed myself than you're going to feed me for the rest of my life. Yeah. Because then I'm beholden to you for everything. You know. Then I am a serf and you are a lord and you can define how I live my life and bite me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's like my favorite phrase. Bite me. No, I, I, yeah, I, no, 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 no. As I don't want you controlling me. I don't want you making major life decisions mm. for me. I don't want, I don't want to put my life on hold and hope and hope that you're going to make it okay. No. Sounds like a commercial. No, 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 no. Exactly. <laughs> no, no, yep. no. <laughs> yeah. That's the one. That's the one. Yeah, so. it's crazy. It is crazy. Crazy out there. So the clouds are—they're just little spits of poofy clouds, and you know. Yeah, it was too overcast. Thing. Last night, uh, it starting uh, well, you started early, but it was supposed to peak around two a.m. So I wasn't going to be involved. The Geminids were going to be flying, so that meant we would have um, falling stars about one a minute, sixty an hour. Um, so you could see, um, yeah, we were. It's the the busiest of the the uh, annual um, meteor showers that we were going to see of the year. Uh, but here in the Southland, it was overcast, so you could not see them. You could go online and watch. They had like um, 
uh, live casts. So, you know, I mean, if you want to watch paint dry, you can sit and watch a camera pointed at the stars and watch every once in a while. Well, about once a minute, something would streak across the sky. So on average, so, give or take. I, I want to, I, I'm looking forward to on the 21st, and I usually don't get excited about celestial happenings, but I mm-hmm. do want to see the, the, the big Christmas star that mm-hmm. hasn't been in alignment like this for like 800 years. Yeah, I really, this is really Jupiter and Saturn lining up. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I, I like that kind of stuff. I keep track of it when I hear about it. And, and as you know, I've gone out and taken pictures of it and even extended a trip one time so that I could get pictures of a uh, of, of a uh, uh, eclipse in its totality. And, uh, and you know, I enjoy it. It's fun. It's just something to do. And, and in, in COVID times, you know, where we're looking for things to do even more so than, than in normal times, right? So... Yeah. yeah, so I, that's going to happen on the solstice, which is the 21st. Yeah, so it's, it's a n- today. Yeah, it doesn't require much uh, of, of us other than to, you know, step outside our house and look up in the sky and, you know, maybe find a place that's, you know, not got too much light pollution around its streetlights and stuff so that you can see things a little bit better. But other than that, it's not, uh, doesn't require much of us to do as a hobby. So that, that makes it, you know, easy. Anybody can go outside and look up at the sky. Uh, the CDC has formally signed off on a recommendation from the Advisory Committee on Immunization Practices for Pfizer's vaccine to be used in people 16 and older. So I guess if you're 15 and under, you are not getting the vaccine. The CDC recommendation comes after the FDA's decision on Friday to grant emergency authorization for the vaccine. Yeah, we don't want to use 15-year-olds as guinea pigs. But 16, we'll get you. <laughs> uh, yes. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, if I had a... 16 is the age of really consent have... in a lot of states, so... Yeah, well, and, and it's not like you're going to be working at a hospital when you're 15. You know, you, mm-hmm. uh, you, know you might be volunteering, but you're going to be in a gift shop. And, you know, if you are, um, so... Yeah, I think that's fine. Yeah. I think that's fine. So the a federal judge uh, threw out another of President Trump's election lawsuits. Um, so he's lost at every every step of the way, uh, dealing, the pre- dealing the president's team its seventh legal loss in 10 days in attempts to, to flip Wisconsin's results. So mm-hmm. that's U.S. District Judge Brett Ludwig. Um, and he describes the case as extraordinary. Uh, he concluded, uh, uh, describing the case as extraordinary, he concluded that Wisconsin officials had followed state laws when they conducted the November 3rd election. Right. Uh, so this court allows the plaintiff to, the chance to make his case, and he lost on the merits. And that's, there's a bunch of people, um, so you know there's this Texas lawsuit, and the Supreme Court threw it out, said that Texas didn't have the standing right. to challenge the election in another state. And there are some congressmen who signed, um, who and women, who signed a uh, petition or signed a document uh, kind of protesting that decision by the court. And a bunch of people are saying, well, it's treasonous. Those people shouldn't be allowed to take office and blah, 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 blah. And, you know, it's, it's um, 
uh, it's not treasonous. They have the right to, anybody has the right to petition the court. Anybody does. Um, the court can right. then do with that what they will. But if right. you're, you're just, you know, expressing your dis, dis, distaste for something or, dis, or disapproval or whatever, you have the right mm-hmm. to do that in this country. Um, you know, yeah, but I, I, very often these are, are uh, the, the judges in these who have been hearing these things have been dismissing them out of hand because they either don't have standing or there's no evidence to, to the fact or that they're not phrasing this in any legal fashion. They're complaining, but they're not really putting this in any legal fashion to, to say that you have the basis of a complaint. And that's the problem, uh, at least for those, you know, the, the, the news says, oh, yeah, they're taking it to court. But then the things they've taken to court are, aren't even even, you know, properly worded, informed complaints that a, that a judge would consider. And so very right. often the judges are just going, uh, yeah, no, thank you. That's our process working. That's yeah, process it is, working. but it's also it's it's also uh, indicative of there's either the, both, I guess, is that there's really nothing there to be complaining about, and that the attorneys that are trying to do this are are grasping at thin straws, trying to figure out what you know if there's anything to say because there's there's really nothing there. Um, they don't have any standing or any reason to be making these cases, but they're doing it because the president has paid them to do it. Um, yeah, it's. Uh, I was listening on a, on a podcast uh, this uh, last week, tail end of last week, so it was either Thursday or Friday, and he was talking about the cases that have been filed, and he said, "Yeah, most of these, if you look at them, they're 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 you know they're being dismissed by judges out of hand. They're not even getting a, a, a full formal hearing because the judge reads the complaint and then goes, okay, you're complaining, but you really haven't explained how this is a legal issue that I'm supposed to do something about. There's nothing for me to do here.'" And so there's no going, remedy okay. in the law. Exactly. You know. Yeah. So um, speaking of explosive news, did you hear that the uh, sun has been really, really active solar wise and that there was a huge solar flare and mass coronal ejection on December 7th, hurling plasma and magnetic and a giant magnetic field towards Earth that's supposed to hit us on Wednesday? Seriously? Seriously. So what does that mean? Our will... cell phones are going to stop working? Well, we bit. may we may get some radio uh, static or, or stop. Uh, you may have some problems with uh, GPSs not being as accurate because the GPS works off of satellites that are up in the up aren't protected as much by the uh, magnetic uh, poles because they're further out from the planet up above us, as well as any other um, uh, you know satellite based stuff. So if you have like a satellite TV through Direct TV or um, or um, what's the other one? Um, anyway, the satellite television stuff. Any of that stuff could be disrupted or, or have flaky connectivity specifically on Wednesday. Um, they said that, you know, there's a rating for these things um, on a scale of nine. This is going to be a an index of seven. And so uh, as it hits the earth, we, we would uh, expect to see that the Aurora Borealis can be seen as far south as Chicago, Detroit, Boston, and Seattle. Oh, uh, now, wow. They, they have uh, since come back and said that they don't think that it's going to be quite that big in terms of uh, the visual, the aurora borealis coming quite that south, that far south. But um, but that it still could, you know, it could. Uh, it has, you know, because it's a combination of, of the solar particles and the magnetic field and... Uh, uh, and the particles that are already trapped in the Earth's atmosphere. And so you have to, you know, it has something to do with our weather as well as the as the incoming. And so they think that even though it's a fairly large mass ejection, that we may not see it quite that far south. But uh, 
but uh yeah it's it's i mean it's it's harmless to us but they said that the activity um should start um uh you know should peak around uh, 10 p.m wednesday um pacific time and uh some activity will possible through december 10th and uh so anyway, you know, we were talking about Jupiter and Saturn lining up on December 21st. Well, this is something else that's happening out there in our solar system. Every so often, the sun burps out some energy one way or the other. And this happens to be coming our way, uh, we, like I said, Wednesday. So if, you, if your phones get a little flaky or uh, any of your electronic stuff seems to have static and stuff on it, you'll know why. Yeah. I wish I lived in Canada. I can see the aurora borealis. Yeah, that's that's on my bucket list. Something I would like to do is I would like to go see the aurora borealis at some point in my life, you know, either on a trip to Alaska or up into Canada or something, uh, just to see the northern lights. I think that would be cool. I've seen pictures of it on, you know, movies and television. But, you know, it's not the same as looking up in the sky and seeing the light shimmer and dance as it, uh, as the... uh, electromagnetic particles hit our hit our um, atmosphere so you know so, I think it's a cool thing that is a cool thing apparently there was a Google outage this morning <laughs> so if you're trying to check uh, your Gmail somewhere between 6.30am and 8am Eastern uh, and you am and you weren't able to do it. It wasn't you. It's not your computer or your internet provider. There was a worldwide outage at Google. It brought the system largely to a halt before things started returning to normal, mm-hmm. uh, just before eight o'clock, according to Newser. And uh, yeah, crazy. And that's you know you think about all the things that are that are attached to Google, Google Classroom and Google Workspaces and you know uh, mm-hmm. Meets and. Jamboard and you know all of the it's it's your calendar it's your email it's your um, uh, you know slides and it's your like, Google Drive and so wow that's huge yeah it's not like everybody's living online these days and need that stuff oh wait a minute yeah they are. <laughs> oh, wait a minute well and you know it starts to freak you out right because you're thinking okay I've done the safest thing I put it in the cloud so even if my computers um, fail then I've got all of my stuff. Well, you should still be backing stuff up somewhere locally because yeah. nowhere is infallible. Nowhere. Yeah, it's in Wyoming. There's infallible Wyoming. It's the only place. <laughs> is there a city named Infallible? I have no idea. Oh. I just made it <laughs> like, up. Dang. But it would be great, wouldn't it be? <laughs> infallible, infallible Wyoming, you know, population 67,000. In Wyoming would be huge. Yeah, it's the third largest <laughs> city. <laughs> God. <sighs> so, anyway, so if you're trying to use your your Google and it's not you, it's not your local service provider. Yes, Google had a hiccup <laughs> this morning. So I was searching maps to see if there's a place called Infallible. When I type in Infallible, it it offers me inflatables. <laughs> Roxy's Inflatables is on West Main in St. Huma. Uh, inflatable Factories on 8 Burke Street in North Parameda. Where's that? 
I have no idea, but let me click on it. We'll see. Where is North Parameda? The inflatable factory is in North Parameda, New South Wales, Australia. Oh. It's funny. Okay. You, you type it you, you type in infallible and you find an inflatables place just outside of Sydney. Who knew? <laughs> well, that's not at all helpful. No. I'm going to put city yeah. of infallible. Well, well that's not the same. Never mind. Yeah. Oh, she was so good. She was. She was. Oh, Lord you know? have mercy. And all the youngins are going wet. Yeah. Look you know, Gilda but of that, that, ori- that original Saturday Night Live group, I think Gilda Radner was the, 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 the best of the best. And she just died young. And so that's why people don't remember her as much as as uh, as some of the others, you know. Um, and she I will say this. John Belushi. Yeah. Jo- John Belushi burned very brightly but i think overall i think gilda radner was just she was just the the, the talent of that show um uh, not that she wasn't surrounded with just amazingly talented people but uh but yeah wow well here's here's something absolutely freaking <laughs> terrifying here at the end of our podcast for today um u.s government government agencies were ordered to scour their networks for malware and disconnect potentially compromised servers after authorities learned the Treasury and Commerce Departments were hacked in a months-long global cyber espionage campaign. And this yeah. is, it was discovered when a prominent cybersecurity firm learned it had been breached. So you think yeah, about... Yeah, this broke on Friday, broke, yeah. When you think about what the, what the data that the Treasury Department holds, uh, the IRS <laughs> is part of the... Yeah, Treasury only all of your taxes. <laughs> Only all of your personal financial information. Yeah. President Trump is going to release his taxes now, whether he wants to or not. <laughs> you find out it was WikiLeaks. <laughs> they will be, yeah, they will be released. Yeah. Yeah, God. no, it is. And, you know, I mean, it's the 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 most secure, inf- you know, the the... the most vital information to the country needs to be managed in the most secure way. And, and some of the most vital information is not on the Internet. It's on a computer that's, you know, air-gapped. It's not even attached to the Internet in any way, shape, or form. Uh, and they're, you know, stored away in, in side of mountains and in, you know, secret places. Um, but, but the you know, imagine the damage that can be done with, with everybody's tax information. Um, you know, and and the ridiculous reliance that we still have on like social security numbers as a means of identifying ourselves to things, and if that information's basically publicly available, it's no longer really valid to discriminate me from somebody else because anybody can type in my social security number. It's not that hard to go find, especially when it's when the Treasury Department's been hacked. So yep. go figure. So you know, um, I go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, no, go ahead. I finished the thought. Biometric, and I'm not talking about something that 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 you would uh, put into your skin or under your skin. Some, but there's uh, got to be a biometric that can be used from every for everything, from checking in at your doctor to um, voting to you know yeah. paying your taxes. Put a thumbprint on there. There's only one of you. Yeah, the, the, the security experts say the best thing to do is ha- something you have, something you know, and something you are. So fingerprint is something you are. Uh, some sort of card or or device 
your phone or something like that is something you have that can be uniquely identified and then something you know is a password. And those three things together, they can fairly with fair certainty say you are this person, you know, and if and if we use that kind of of uh, verification for um, for security, then we're probably pretty safe, at least for the time being. Not that that can't be faked at some, you know, in some ways as well, but. Um, so anyway, before we, we go, I did want to end on maybe a little bit more positive note for those of you who are subscribers to Apple One's service program or who have an interest in it or bought an, a new Apple Watch in the last three months, uh, you can get a uh, three months, I guess, when the last Apple Watch came out. If you bought an Apple Watch since the new Apple Watch came out, then you will get. So if you have a version six or a version SE or a version three that's new uh, in the last six months. Then you get three free months of Apple Fitness Plus, which starts today. So you should be able to go onto your Apple TV, your iPhone, or your iPad and launch Apple Fitness Plus. And if you have an Apple Watch, it integrates with your uh, heart rate and your exercises are designed to be integrative with that equipment. So give it a shot and see what you think. Very cool. Very cool. So I'll tell you what I think tomorrow. Podcast. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Once you've had a chance. Um, yeah. We're for our podcast today. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> we are. So thanks so much for joining us. I'm Todd Brinker. I'm Erin Brinker. Have a great day, everyone. We will see you tomorrow.